Wildwood Community Church exists to glorify God by connecting people to Christ, His worship, His community, and His mission. To contact us or for more information, see our website at wildwoodchurch.org. This morning we have uh, really a privilege, and that is that we get to worship with not just us in this room, but really we get to worship with what God is doing among a people group around the world, and that is the Iranian people. And uh, we're going to do that a variety of ways today. As I mentioned earlier, we have some representatives of Elam Ministries who serve in that region of the world, and we're going to hear from them today some of what God is doing. Um, But also, uh, we're going to hear a story at the outset of our time here of some of how God worked in one man's life, a man by the name of Armand. So join me as our offering is passed and hearing what God did in Armand's life. Armand lived a violent, drug-fueled, criminal life. Arman was on the verge of suicide, but an old friend phoned him. The conversation was about the New Testament. Getting a New Testament in Iran is not easy. The eyes of the police are everywhere, but the church has its ways. حامد تماس گرفت با اون ایماندار گفت که امروز بیاد انجیلو برسونه به دست من و منم صحبت کرده بود که امروز برم انجیلو بگیرم صبح روزی که مخواستم برم با من تماس گرفت گفت این شماره کسی که باید بری انجیلو ازش بگیری این انجیل این انجیلو ازو میگیری و سیم کارتش بدون نام تماس بگیر باش اصل رفتم اونجا دیدم با آژانس اومده کنار یه پارک ایستاده بود این پارک زیتون توی اهواز من رفتم پشت سرش ماشین رو پارک کردم گفتم منو میبینی گفت آره گفتم انجیری بده به من اومدش انجیری گذاشت داخل ماشین رو از تو پنجره به امداد رفتش When Armand saw the New Testament he realized many others had read it این کتاب بردم خونه فکر میکردم خیلی کتاب نویه جدید این کتاب دارم این کتاب کونه است بادش کردم دیدم توش نوشتن یکی این ورش نوشته یه نفر اون ور نوشته خط کشتن زیر جملاتش بعد متوجه شدم چند نفر قبل من کتاب کونه آرمان رید دی نیو تستمنت نان ستاپ فور فایف دیز دی سینر مت دی سیویر من دوست فقط پشت سر هم خوندم اصلا تو اتاق خودم نمی اومدم بیرون برای قضای چیزی می اومدم بیرون از اتاق رسیدم بعدش هم روز دیگه رسیدم با آخر کتاب اونجا که دعای توبه نوشته است که اونجا رو میتونی بخونید 
با گناهان تو ریسای مسی میتونه ببخشه خودم منم خودم به عنوان یه گناهکار قبول داشتم که داخل زندگیم گناه کردم و قبول کردم و ایسای مسی رو به عنوان نجات دهنده قبول کردم everyone knew that arman had changed گفت چه جوری خواهرم گفت چرا اینقدر تغییر کردی چیکار کردی گفتم من کار خاصی نکردم فقط یه کتاب خوندم گفت که حالا من منم میخوام این کتاب بخونم این چه کتابی تو خونده گفتم من مسیحی شدم انجیل خوندم مسیحی شدم این واقعا تغییرت میده میتونی بخونی تو هم the work of that new testament was not over ولی تونستم همون کتابی که خودم خونده بودم و به دستشون برسونم بهشون گفتم بریم کجا بردارین کتابو اونها هم خوندن کتابو همون انجیل خوندن با همون سه نفرشون نوبتی خوندم و ایمان آوردم به عیسی مسیح بعد از زندگیشون تبدیل شده اونم اون همه منم One New Testament and many meet the Lord Jesus Christ. همون انجیل کونه که خیلی قبل من خونده بودم من دیدم اونجا که نوشتن توش من خوندم ایمان آوردم نجات پیدا کردم خواهرام مادرم ایمان آوردم به وسیله اون و سه تا از دوستا دیگه‌شون هم ایمان آوردن و اونجا میان الان کلیسای خونگی شده خونه ما اون دوستاشون هم میان اونجا با هم دیگه الان یه نفر دیگه داره اون انجیل میخونه الان تماس گرفتم گفت سه روز پیش دادی میرم فردیگی دارم اونجا که دوستاشون دارم انجیلی میخونم اونم نجات پیدا میکنه بعد بیاین یه انجیل چه تحولی داخل همه ما یه انجیل کونس تحولی داخل زندگی های ما ایجاد کرده واقعا داخل زندگی های ما انجیل نان حیاته ایسای مسیح نان حیاته و ما امروز دیگه به هیچی اتجاه نداریم فقط ایسای مسیح Praise God, right? What a wonderful thing to hear how the Lord is at work around the world. And you think about what God did through the distribution of one New Testament. And one of the things that I'm excited to be able to share with you all is that Wildwood has partnered in that region of the world with Elam to provide the funds to distribute 3,000 more of those New Testaments in that country among the Persian people. Um, what a blessing it is for us to reach out. Now, now the question is, Why? Why is it that we here in Norman, Oklahoma, are interested in, in what God is doing there? I mean, this is a wonderful story. Or is it just so that we have that story to, to hear? Is, it, is there something more? And the reason that we're connected to that is, is more than just um, happenstance, and it's more than just something that we came up with. The reason why we're connected there is because the God of the universe desires to get his gospel there. I don't know if you remember, but in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, When Jesus ascends into heaven, just before that, he tells his disciples that the Holy Spirit will come upon them, and when the Spirit comes, that the followers of Jesus will be the witnesses of Jesus in Judea, Samaria, and all the way to the ends of the earth. Now, when Jesus said that, um, where was the ends of the earth? The answer to that is Norman, Oklahoma. We are the ends of the earth, right? I mean, think about geography. There's a massive ocean between Israel and Oklahoma, and then mountains and land. For the gospel to get here is somewhat the ends of the earth from where Jesus died and rose again. Uh, between here and there was the nation of Iran. But what's wonderful is the heart of the Lord is the same throughout generations. And so even as the gospel went through the Middle East and went 
through Asia and went through Europe and ended up in places like America. Now we, as followers of Jesus, have the opportunity to see the gospel bounce back from us to the rest of the world, including to the nation of Iran. And this morning, we're going to hear a little more about what God is doing in that region of the world. And uh, to help guide us in that time, we have the great privilege of having not only um, an Iranian pastor, Cyrus, who's going to be with us uh, and share just in a moment, but first, uh, Mark Howard, who is with Elam Ministry. And he's going to both kind of set the stage for us today, uh, as well as guide us into God's Word. So join me in welcoming up Mark Howard. Thank you. So my name is Mark, and I work with Elam Ministries. The, the mission of Elam is pretty simple at its core. We were founded in 1990 by senior Iranian church leaders with a mission to strengthen and expand the church in Iran and beyond. And uh, as he said, my role is I'm the director of development, which really doesn't mean much. I view myself as a storyteller. And I oversee the team here in the States and globally that has the incredible privilege of sharing the story that God is writing for the Persian-speaking church. And it is a beautiful story. I hope by the end of today you will see that. Now, if I were to ask you to tell the story of Iran, what would it be? What would be the narrative of the story you told about Iran today? What would be the images that come to your mind as you tell the story, that you would use to show this story? And what thoughts and feelings would the story of Iran stir in your heart? And if you're like many people who I meet in the line of my work as I tell the story, the narrative that you would tell would probably be one of hostility towards the West. It would be one of oppression, terror perhaps, It would be um, maybe of persecution of the church and not just the church, but really other uh, minority religions in Iran as well. But the images that you would use might be the image of the Ayatollah with their beard and rarely smiling faces in the pictures. It might be... um, you know, images uh, that's been in the news recently of the hostility, the, the riots, those sort of things that have gone on recently. And the thoughts and the feelings, if you're like many I meet, they would be things like discouragement, hopelessness, perhaps fear about what Iran could become, what Iran can do. Our passage for this morning comes from Isaiah chapter 55. It's a chapter that I've, um, has spoke a lot to me actually over the last two years. And it comes in the context of Isaiah. In Isaiah 53, it has um, the, the passage that we often use around Easter time about how he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Um, you're prophesying the suffering servant who we know now to be Jesus. And when you get to Isaiah 55, Isaiah is inviting people to live into the reality of what the suffering servant can accomplish for his people. And I love it because it really encourages us to stretch our imaginations about what is possible, to renew our minds around what God is able to do. Because again, our thoughts about Iran are one thing, but in Isaiah 55, verse 8, the Lord says to the prophet Isaiah, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. 
For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. You see, God is telling and writing a very different story for Iran than I think most of us are aware of. And it is a beautiful story. In 1979, you had the Islamic Revolution. Some of you may remember that time. And at the time of the Islamic Revolution, the Shah, who was kind of the monarch of Iran, was kicked out. A hardline Islamic regime was established. Uh, Missionaries were kicked out. The Bible in Persian was banned and quickly became scarce. Evangelism became illegal. And there was great persecution on the church. Several uh, pastors who remained faithful to do evangelism in Persian were martyred for their faith. And it was within this context that Elam was founded by senior Iranian church leaders because they knew that God's thoughts were not our thoughts. You see, many feared that Iran's small, tiny church would wither away and die. At the time of the Islamic Revolution, there were only about 500 known believers from a Muslim background in Iran. Today, a conservative estimate is that there are about 700,000. Some say maybe over a million. Others put the number much larger. The reality is that it is growing so fast and in such a way that we can't count it. God is writing a beautiful story. My hope is that by the end of this morning, that's the narrative that you know when you hear about the word Iran, that the image you see are Armand's smiling faces, the images of his sisters and friends who their faces are blurred because they're still inside Iran. They've actually been trained and they're serving now as witnesses inside Iran. So for security, that's why they're blurred. But I want you to, those images to be in your mind and the thoughts and the feelings that you have, I want it to be hope, excitement, joy about what God can do and is doing. You see, the scene is set for a massive turning to Christ among Iranians. The people are there. There are people all across the Iran region who are hungry to hear the truth, to hungry to hear the gospel. You've seen those images of the widespread disillusionment with the Islamic regime inside Iran. And everything the government in Iran does, they do in the name of Islam. And so there are millions of Iranians who are discouraged by Islam and are looking elsewhere. And many are turning to Christianity for answers. And when they do, and when they read this little book, the Lord is changing many, many lives. So there are people in place all over who want to hear. There are, and these people who have come, the hundreds of thousands, they need discipleship. Because we don't, you know, they come from a Muslim background. They come with deep hurts, deep wounds, sin and its effect on their relationships. And we want to see them transformed. We want to see them not just be saved, but to see their lives manifest the sanctifying grace, the redeeming grace of our Lord and Savior. And as that's happening, praise the Lord, many are there in place who are ready to be mobilized and trained to be evangelists, church planters, disciple makers across Iran. And by God's grace, Uh, Through much prayer and the work of Elam and other ministries, there are leaders in place, people like Cyrus, who you'll hear from, who are ready and eager to train and raise up evangelists 
and disciple makers. Um, just last week, I was with a guy who goes by the name of Matthew now. Um, and he is one of those people that God has put in place. When he was a young man, he, he did something that weighed him down with guilt, just an oppressive guilt. And he went to the mosque and he went to the, some of the religious leaders and they, there's nothing they could do for him. And so just weighed down by this guilt, he decided to take his life. Um, thankfully, he was unsuccessful. But when he, was, when he got out of the hospital, his brother told him to go to a church. And in that church, he heard about a savior who takes away condemnation, who remo- removes guilt, and Matthew gave his heart to the Lord. And, and he tells that he, he literally ran out of that church, jumping and skipping with joy because he had met the Savior. And he, he knew there were many others like him across the run. So he quickly became an evangelist. With time, we brought him out and gave him some training. He became an effective church planter. He ended up paying a pretty big price for his faith. He spent 45 days in solitary confinement and another 45 days um, in the general part of the prison. And this is just four months after being married. So talk about honeymoon. And, um, and then he was exiled from Iran. But he remained faithful. And in a neighbor, country neighboring Iran, he took a church that was, had 40 members and grew it to over 400 in under a year. This is how hungry the people are. This is how God is using the people. Today, Matthew is actually here in the States, but he continues to serve. He oversees and coordinates much of our work that we're doing through the internet in Iran. I was with another lady. Her name was Asreen. And when Asreen was just a young child, about four, uh, the Iranian government killed several of her cousins. So she grew up with this hatred. As she said on the weekends, her family would actually go to the cemetery to remember what the government had done to her cousins. And so when she was in her late teens, she decided that she was going to go to the mountains of Iraq to be trained as a militant so she could come back to Iran and kill um, the Islamic leaders. That was the depth of her hatred. Before she went, someone gave her one of these New Testaments, and she read it. And as she read it, she came to John chapter 11, and in John chapter 11, that's where uh, John tells the story of the raising of Lazarus from the dead. And as she read it, she prayed a simple prayer to Jesus. She said, Jesus, I am a dead person. Can you give me life? And he did. <laughs> he did. And in time, instead of going to the mountains to be trained uh, to be a militant, She came to our three-month training course in evangelism and today serves as an evangelist for the Lord. Her and her husband um, were working at a church in a uh, country neighboring Iran, and over the last two years, they've led 1,700 people to the Lord. God is writing a beautiful story in the heart of the Muslim world, and at the center of the story is this little book. The scripture, you know, we, we, um, we have been incredibly blessed with access to the scriptures. Um, in Iran, that's not necessarily the case. And I think sometimes because we have it, we're so familiar with it, we sometimes forget how powerful it is. And I want to read to you again from Isaiah 55. 
There he says, for as the rain and the snow come down from the heaven and do not return there without watering the earth and making it bare and sprout and furnishing seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so will my word be which goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. I thank you for helping us sow the seed of this New Testament across the Iran because the Lord is using it to bear fruit. And I want to invite up Cyrus. You come on up, Cyrus. Cyrus is another one of those people that God has put in place. He's used them mightily inside Iran. He used them again in a country neighboring Iran. And today, he, it's our honor to have him here with us in America. But rather than me tell you his story, I would like for you to tell us your story. So tell, tell us, um, how, how did you, a man from Iran, Muslim background, come to know our Savior? Amen. It's my privilege to be with you this morning. I want to say about my story. This is my story, not just exactly my story. My story is God's story. Mm. And during uh, 14 years ago, I was a bad man. You know, I was an addict man. And I had a bad situation in my life. My wife decided to divorce with me. And unfortunately, when my daughter, she was born, unfortunately, she didn't have fully, completely heart developed. I lost hope. Because... In my mind, you know, I thought that God one wanted, you know, punishing our life. We went to many professional doctors. The old told me she will die because she didn't completely fully hard. And I went to many center of Muslim people. Actually, they all together, they told me she will die, die, die. Just Again, I once said, I lost hope. I didn't, you know, bad situation just in my life. Actually, just I said is how God can help me. My wife wanted divorce and my daughters now this problem. And I'm an addict man. I'm so miserable people. God, I hate you. Anyway, through a friend, we invite to church. I didn't believe some member of church, the Christian people can help me. Because just I saw the movie, many, many people of Christian people, every time are drunk. You know, this is my mind. Because Islam said to me, and because you know, just the thinking, as, as I said, you know, I was a fanatical Muslim. Just that Islam pushed to my mind that many Christian Muslim people every day are drunk. Anyway, we went to church. But uh, through uh, one of ministers, we invited the first chair in the church. And we explained that, that my, my friend explained about what happened in, in our life. And we said this. The, the first chair. I didn't know about the, any pastor, any 
an identity in the church. But uh, I remember the one man said to me, and he asked me, what happened, young man? I said about situation, my daughter, and I said, I lost hope. I don't know how I can do. Because many professional doctors told me she will die. And actually, I went to many center of Muslim people, and they all said to me, exactly, she will die, die, die. I don't know how I can. Maybe you can pray for us, and please pray. He said, I want to ask something, question to you. And do you believe God can heal your daughter? In my mind, I laugh. You know, I said, no, I believe God. But God don't love me. God want a punishment. I said, yes, I believe. But God don't want this happen to me. Our life. He said, for second time, he said, do you believe God through Jesus can heal your daughter? I, in my mind, you know, that's exactly again laughing. And I said, I am Muslim. I know Jesus is prophet. Each prophet can, but God don't want. I hate God. Anyway, he said, be careful, man. For third time, he said, you know, that voice, it was so strong. And he said, do you believe that Jesus can heal your daughter now? You know, when I heard that voice, my heart started shaking. My mouth was closed. And I said, if you believe. Yes, I believe. Please pray. Anyway, he took my daughter. And actually, he came to the behind the pulpit. He said to all congregate, and we want pray for daughter of God. In my mind said, she is my daughter, no daughter of God. Because the all Muslim people don't believe God has a children. Anyway, he start praying. I saw the many united members together pray for my daughter. And after pray, I heard the first preaching in my life. As I have 40. Yes, I heard. And I saw my life for that chapter. As I have 40. I said, who is man? You know, he know about my life. Exactly, he shared about my life. And after preaching... We went to worship, and after finished service, I saw many people came to me, and they told me, congratulations, we saw your daughter heal. In my mindset, exactly. You are so happy, man. Happy people, happy woman, happy lady. No, all professional doctor told me she will die. But after three hours, everything changed. I don't believe it. You saw when you see when you see my daughter heal. Anyway, the other man, he came to me and he introduced. He said, my name is Farshid. Farshid, he was in prison from five years. But he said, my name is Farshid. I hear about your daughter. But I want to ask you, please see a doctor again. I said, oh man, what happened after three over? What did you say to me? You know, I went to the professional doctor. Center of Muslim people. But they told, she will die. But you said to me, we saw your daughter heal. He said, I believe Jesus. With Jesus, everything is possible. 
But that conversation, you know, my heart started was shaking. We decided going to doctor. We went to the doctor. When we went to the doctor, you know, exactly my doctor wondered why we came again. Because two weeks before, and we went to church, and we have been with doctor. But I said, doctor, please check again. Please. He said, did you see the ring? I said, no. Please check re-exam again, doctor. He said, okay, maybe you waste the money. Just on re-exam again. But I said to you, you don't have any way. I said, okay, no problem. Please, please. And he started to check. And when I saw my daughter, she was two months that time. You know, her, the old body, her body was blue, uh, black and blue. But you start check her exam. Just I heard, you know, doctor told me, Oh Lord, oh Lord, oh Lord, this is miracle. I said, doctor, are you kidding me? Doctor said, shh, oh Lord. This is miracle. This is supernatural. I said, what happened, doctor? You know, I cannot, you know, understand what did you say? He said, exactly, where did you go? I said, doctor, you know, are you kidding me? Please, please say to me. He said, no, where did you go? I said, just, we went to church. I saw many members of church, you know, pray for my daughter. What happened? He said, I am Muslim. But I want to say to you, 100% Jesus heal your daughter. Mm. So, I, I was shocking. What happened? You know, I was start confused. You know, which God? A Muslim God or Christian God? Who is God? Anyway, I back to church. I said, I, I'm... Uh, Looking find that that man, I share about what happened in doctor. A parachute went her about the hail my daughter. And he started jumping. He said, hallelujah, hallelujah. I said, what, you are happy? She's my daughter. He said, don't worry. You're happy because you will the part of body of Jesus. I said, no, 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 no. Please stop. I am a Muslim. But I believe Jesus is prophet. You believe Jesus is God. I don't believe it. He said, don't worry. He went and he gave me. This is the New Testament. He gave me, you know, the Holy Bible. I was so hungry about God. Who is God? Which God, you know, helped me? A Muslim God or Christian God? I know I read the Holy Bible. This is New Testament. I read the Holy Bible. After two weeks, I finished Holy Bible. After two weeks, I back to the church again. And the some minister asked me, what happened? I said, I'm coming here. I want surrender heart to Jesus. I find it. And so after you gave your life to the Lord through that, you know, miraculous work that the Lord did, and your daughter, who's actually with us this yes, morning. Sir. She'll be sharing with them. Um, Actually, she's my children. daughter, Golno. She's here. Goli, you can stand. <laughs> you know, she is a miracle of God in my life. So between um, that and then the reading of the scriptures, you came to faith, recognizing Jesus was your savior. But then what changed? What did you do after that? And how did that shape your life from there on out? 
When I changed my life, exactly, I, I couldn't, you know, stand and sit to church. I was a taxi driver, you know, exactly. I um, started evangelism to many people. I had a tape, you know, I had a, uh, a Walkman, you know, I know. The Walkman? Walkman, you yeah. know. The Walkman did many years ago. <laughs> you young and, people probably don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I had a Walkman, you know, I record any worship, but I put my tape in car, and exactly many people, when they ask me, what is sign? I said, Oh, Lord, thank you. This is good fish. Exactly. Come on. Come on. You know, I explained about my journey. What happened? God, how, you know, changed my life. How God, you know, healed my daughter. I'm starting. I invite many people to the church. Actually, one, one day, you know, my pastor said, be careful. Here in Iran. Here in Iran. You know, exactly. Governments ask me what happened every week. Many, many people come to the church. You invite people. I said, I can't stand. Just, I want to run in. I want to run in. I want to share my testimony. Anyway, I'm starting. I said, oh, Lord, I want to work with you. I want to bring this Bible. And so, just to give, at this time when he became a faith, there were still a few above-ground Persian-speaking churches that were operating in Iran um, but because of people like Cyrus who came to the Lord and were bringing so many again, which was illegal and which was very dangerous for them, for the church, for the new believers, um, there was the decision in the early 2000s that those above-ground churches would basically shutter their doors and go underground. Um, so the initial underground house church movement was born actually out of the above-ground church so that they could be more faithful to do evangelism, so that they could more e- easily multiply. And so, so Cyrus, I know that you um, became a, quite the scripture distributor. How many, how many of these New Testaments do you think you gave out inside Iran? Yeah. Through me is a 25,000. 25,000. <laughs> and so what was that like? Because that's illegal, right? That's, that's yes. illegal. And I know you didn't just distribute them. You actually helped bring them from outside Iran into inside Iran. And so you knew you were married at this time, you had a kid. This is dangerous. I'm trying to put myself in this situation because I have little kids. What was that like when you would go out to do this work that was dangerous and illegal? You know, exactly. It was so dangerous. When we decided, I decided going to the border of Cross Iran and talking with smuggler and bring this inside. I said to my wife, today, maybe the last day we can see together. Maybe we cannot see again. Mm. I want to say to you goodbye. Please pray for me. And when we, you know, after we back, when we saw God protect me, when we back, we had a big celebrate with my wife, with, with member church, because the God protect. And we can do more, more, more doing, and we can distribute many Bible. And, and so um, once you had them, we saw in the video, the Armand video, that the one way the scriptures went out through the calls and the secure phone, it's kind of funny. It seems like kind of a plot to some sort of action movie. But um, what other ways did you find to give out the scriptures inside Iran? Uh, actually, the, in, because the, you know, my country is very bad 
situation about the government as a Muslim country, we have to work in there. You know, some, someone, people, when they get hungry and they call back and they order pizza, yes, actually, as like American people, <laughs> and then, you know, my people, you know, they order pizza. And the pizza delivery, send it anyone pizza and i want to show to you the one kind of pizza for you you know exactly this is the very delicious pizza when we send a pizza exactly people got and you know this this is the bread of life yeah. <laughs> and they order and we send them this the new testament this is the one way we send we have the god wisdom god and we have the other way to descend the Bible in New Testament. Yeah, kind of gives a, a new meaning to the idea of Hideaway Pizza. <laughs> um, so uh, I, I know that ultimately, um, because of your ministry, that you um, were actually forced to leave Iran in December of 2010, actually on Christmas Day. Um, they knew, the government knew that. You know, Christians gathered together over Christmas, and they had done a number of a, a good bit of research. And on the one day, December uh, 2010, they arrested about 70 of our people in one day in a coordinated raid across the country. And um, Cyrus was traveling from one church to another at that time for Christmas celebrations, and he got a call, um, basically tipping him off that the police were at his house, and so. Um, he and his family were basically forced to leave Iran. It was either stay and go to prison or leave. And um, they felt strongly from the Lord that the Lord was encouraging them to go so that they could um, still, he had more ministry for them to do. And so uh, without ever seeing their home again, without being able to take anything with them other than what they had, they were smuggled over the mountains with, Gonush being a young child in the winter, very dangerous time. Um, but the Lord continued to use you. He used you as a church planter in uh, a country neighboring Iran. And then today, now you're in America. Can you um, share with us what you're doing here? Yes, actually. God is faithful every day to our life. You know, we saw the faithfulness of God into our life. Because the Jesus sacrifice for me, for my family, I wanted my body, my family, my heart sacrificed to many of people of country. And actually, when we decided to leave Iran, actually, the big question for me and my wife uh, is uh, how we can serve in our people of country, mm. how we can help them. Oh, Lord. You know, I love my country. I love my people. I want to share. You know, I want to, you know, share, distribute this New Testament between many, many people, how I can help. So how, how do you, you're here in America right now. How do you do that? Yes. And actually, when we arrive here, the gods show us exactly you can do. Don't worry. You know, when we arrive here, one day, when I work with the Internet, and the God show you can use the some app. You can evangelism with internet. And now God gave us in the hundred thirty thousand member 
And the one way to internet, the majority people are Muslim. And we can share, distribute any verse, Bible, and we send the Bible to them. We send it, broadcast to them every day. Yeah. It's funny. Sometimes I think you know, the, gov- the strategy of the government isn't very effective. They, they kick these guys out of Iran, Ratan and Masa too, thinking that that would stop. But you know, if they were in Iran, they could still be working there, but they'd be impacting probably hundreds. But since now the Lord has brought them to America, he's reaching 130 thousand people on a regular basis uh, through Telegram. Um, do you miss Iran? This is the big question. You know, we have provide in our country proverb? Proverbs. Yeah. And we said this house is beautiful, but this is not my house. Mm. I miss my country. I miss my people. I miss my city. But we need to pray. So, I mean, I guess the question I want to finish with is, you've lost your home. You lost, I'm trying to think, you you lost all your family pictures, all your kind of memories that are tied to things. Um, You're now in a foreign country, kind of apart from your people. Um, I know it hasn't, you've shared a part of your journey, but I know even... You know, it hasn't all been easy. <laughs> so my question for you was, um, is it worth it? Was it worth it? As I said, because Jesus, you know, he sacrificed my life. And I want, again, sacrifice to my poor people. Me and my family decided to end of the world, exactly we stand to the house, God. Mm. And this all pray. This all pray. And we want it. I, we said, because we, we saw the big miracle. With Jesus, everything is possible. But we are not worried about anything. Praise mm. the Lord. Um, thank you. For your faithfulness, Cyrus. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for this opportunity. I'd love to just take a moment before we sing and close to just pray for our two brothers in Christ here. Mm. Join me. Father, we are so thankful um, for just the privilege we have of hearing of your work Uh, here in this place, but also around the world. Father, thank you for how you got the gospel to Cyrus. Thank you for the work that you have done in his life and in his family's life. Thank you that we will not just spend a day together here, but we get to spend an eternity together because of what Jesus has done. And Father, thank you that that you have found a way to get the gospel to each of our hearts as well. And we celebrate because of who you are and because of the story that you are authoring. Father, may you continue to use Cyrus and Mark and others to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. Father, that uh, we will meet many more brothers and sisters in heaven from the ministry that you have worked through their hands. We thank you and we pray these things in Jesus' name. 